Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Dental Practice Heroes Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Paul Hutchinson. Happy to be here. February 25th. Man, it's starting to get a little warmer in Chicago, I think. This is when we go into the time of year where everyone's like, man, I think spring is here. And then and then winter comes back and slaps you in the face the following week. But I'm excited. The time change is coming up. So we're, we're getting past the winter. All right. So I had an episode not too long ago where I said, where do I start? You know, if you want to change your practice, where's the best place to start? And I said, you know, it's probably leadership and communication, but that's not sexy. So we talked about something different on that episode. But I want to share with you my 18-minute TED Talk I did at Voices of Dentistry in Scottsdale just recently. I kind of talk about something called psychological safety, which, man, where do you start? Start here. How do you treat your team? What is the tone that you set at your practice? I got a lot of really great feedback on this talk, so I hope you get something from this. I know you will if you listen to it, and just kind of, you know, make this your new thing. Start looking at the way that you act in your practice and the results that you are driving by your behavior. All right, y'all. Enjoy. Uh, I'm introducing a guy that's become a friend of mine. Actually, the very first time I met Dr. Paul Etchison, was it in the back of the bus in the Dominican Republic? That sounds way hotter than it really was. Um, we, we, were, we were both taking the surgical aspect of Dr. Garg's Dominican Republic course, placing some implants, and uh, I got to talking with him, and he has a monster practice in the Chicago suburbs. He has grown it himself in a very authentic and realistic way. He's really good at communicating with his team. He's really good at motivating his team. He's, an, he's, he's got a podcast called The Dental Practice Heroes podcast. He's an author. He wrote the Dental Practice Hero book. He has a really cool take on all of this stuff, and I'm very glad that he decided to come speak at Voice of Dentistry. I'm not so glad that that we put him in the the after lunch slot, but he's going to crush it up here. So I welcome Dr. Paul Etchison. All right. I like that. Well, thank you, everyone, for coming back from lunch. I'm excited to be here. We could use a few more people to trickle in, but we're just going to get started. Uh, The timer hasn't started yet, but I'm sure it will soon. All right, so I want you to go somewhere in your mind. The year is 2020. The entire human and animal population has almost been completely wiped off the face of the earth by invading aliens. They're strong, they're fast, they've got big teeth, and they look like that. Yes. But they're blind. They can't see, but they can hear really well. And if they hear you, they will find you, they will hunt you down, and you will die. Your life will be over. So I want you to think for a moment, you know, what would that be like? Knowing, like, could you ever be comfortable? You know, this was a really scary movie, at least for me. I guess not that scary. But it's weird that we watch this, me and my wife, because we hate scary movies. Like, the last scary movie I saw before this was The Grudge in, like, 2003. Like, has anyone seen that? The movie sucks. <laughs> like, I haven't slept in, like, 15 years and counting. Like, I hate that movie. But we went and saw this, so it was kind of cool, you know. Um, so this movie, there's this family, and they have to be quiet so the aliens don't find them and kill them. So, for instance, if you just, you know, happen to be... Oh, this is a movie, A Quiet Place. I don't know if I mentioned that or not. 
with this movie. So if you happen to be this kid, and you got a shuttle, and you're in the woods, that shuttle goes off, guess what? You're dead, man. That's it. If you're coming down the stairs, you step on a rusty nail, don't scream. Because if you do, you're going to die. If you're pregnant, you're going to have a baby. You need to have it quietly. Like I know every mom in this room did, right? (laughs) Right? So what would that be like? You know, would you ever feel safe? Could you ever feel human in a world like that? Knowing that at any given moment, if you made a noise, you're going to die. You know, be quiet. Don't bump into anything. You know, don't knock anything over. Most importantly, don't say anything. Just be quiet. Don't say anything. So you might be wondering, what does this have to do with dentistry? Killer aliens, right? What is this tangent we're on here? So I'm going to tell you it's a whole lot. Because safety is an amazing thing. Safety is a basic human need. Just like warm water in the morning. Did did anyone else just like sit there and just turn it back and forth? Just like, what the hell is wrong with this thing? That's funny, man. But safety is an amazing thing, okay? But in the movie, it's more physical safety. But I don't want to talk about physical safety. I'm going to talk about something called psychological safety. This is a term that was invented by Amy Edmondson. She's a professor at the Harvard School of Business, and she does a lot of work with just, you know, high-performing teams. What makes them work? Business stuff. And she defines psychological safety as the belief that one will not be punished or humiliated for speaking up with ideas, questions, concerns, or mistakes. So she's talking about on businesses, teams, at our dental practices. You know? So in the movie... The easiest way for that family to be safe was just to be quiet. But what's it like in our dental practices? I want you to picture for a moment that you're you're an employee, you're a team member, and you're in a team meeting, and people are discussing something. What if you don't want to look ignorant? What if you don't want to look stupid? What if you don't want to be disruptive? What do you do? You just be quiet. You don't say anything. What if you don't want to look incompetent? Well, first of all, just don't try anything hard, because you might fail. And if you do try something hard and you do fail, just cover it up. Don't tell anyone about it. Don't admit it. So the easiest way to stay safe is just like the movie. Just be quiet. So I kind of want to talk about the research that she did that led her to this, this term. And she was tasked with looking at eight different hospitals and looking at, you know, what are the better teams? What are the worst teams between these eight hospitals? And then she looked at something called adverse drug events which is just, you know, giving the patient the wrong medication, giving the patient the wrong dosage, things with, like, potentially life-threatening consequences. And she wanted to see, was there a correlation between the quality of the team and the adverse drug events? And as we would think, you know, better teams work together better, they would have uh, less errors. So let's look at, at her results here. So these are the eight teams on the left, and these are the results on the right, they're errors. Now, it looks like this is a range from most errors to least errors. But you see a little part in the middle. It just doesn't really jive, you know? So what is that? Why is that? Because this is not a range that way. This is a range from the best teams on the top to the very worst teams on the bottom. The best teams had the most errors. And the worst teams had the least. 
That doesn't really make sense. Why would that be? So look at that word right next to errors. Reported errors. The best team had the most reported errors. So it wasn't necessarily that they, they had more errors. They were just more comfortable reporting them. They were more comfortable like, admitting them when they made a mistake. So why is it important that we can admit our mistakes where we work? I want you to think back to a time that you learned a lesson from a mistake you made. Sometimes you learn a hard lesson. We all got those moments in our lives. You know, we all go to like this seminar and there's someone on the podium and they're showing you, they, they say, hey, I'm going to show you everything I've screwed up, all my mistakes so you can learn from them and you don't have to repeat them. And then we all sit there and take notes and nod our head. We go, yeah, yeah, oh, I would never do that. That's stupid, right? And then like two months later, we go back to our practice and we do that. The same thing they said not to do. Why is that? Because we're human. We're dumb. We have to learn on our own. We have to learn from our own mistakes. Think about a time you had a coach or consultant come into your practice and they gave you some feedback or you just even had a friend that was like, hey, you know what, I just kind of don't agree with you on that. And you're like, well, oh man, you know, you kind of learned something. You had that aha moment. I never thought of it that way. You know, we, we all have moments like that. See, what we need to realize is that every time we communicate, every time that we give somebody some feedback, we give some coaching, we say, hey, you know what, I screwed something up. You admit that you were wrong. You're taking an interpersonal risk. We're taking a risk that that person we're communicating with is going to look negatively upon us. And the easiest way to mitigate the risk is to just be quiet. Just don't say anything. But when we're quiet in our organizations, we rob our team of the ability to learn from our mistakes. We rob our team of the ability to collaborate, to innovate, to grow, to become our best versions of our practice. One of the big buzzwords we hear in dentistry, and we've heard it a few times a day, is systems. Man, it's 2019. This is the year I'm going to get my systems together. I'm going to systematize my practice. I got, he's got systems. I need them. Forget the systems. Forget it. I'm not saying they're not important. But before you have systems, you need a great team that can work well together. And before you have that, you need to have leadership. We talk about leadership words, communication, vision, integrity, charisma, humility. But I think one of the most overlooked things of leadership is the ability of the leader to create an area, to create a workplace that's psychologically safe so that our team can work together comfortably. This is a diagram from my book. Heroic leadership creates the great teams, which create the great systems. If you have a great team, they will make the great systems, but only in the right environment, only in an environment of psychological safety. So here we are, 2019, VOD. Think about your practice. Do you have a safe place or a quiet place? Because one of the worst parts about having a quiet place is that you may not even know that you have one. Because nobody on your team has the balls to tell you about it. Because the last time they told you something, you chewed their head off and you made them feel like crap about it. See, silence is an invisible act. We don't know when somebody doesn't say something. And if you have a quiet place at your practice, all of your success could be a complete illusion until one day one of your best team members quits. And you're sitting there going, I can't believe it. Why are you quitting? And they're not even going to give you the real answer because you've trained them not to. You've created the quiet place. 
There's something called fear-based management, fear-based leadership. And this is basically the, you know, you're going to come in, you're going to come in quiet, you're going to leave quiet, you're going to shut up, you're not going to question me, you're going to do as I say, because it's my practice, and I said so, it's mine. Right? And all this does is this creates fear in our employee. They shut down. They armor up. They no longer care about the organization, the goals, the goals of the team. All they care is about themselves. Staying out of trouble, not looking stupid. I have two daughters, an eight-year-old and a three-year-old. One day they were fighting over a toy, and I said to my oldest, I said, Hey, Briella, why can't Alyssa play with your toy? She goes, Dad, this is my toy, and I said so. Does that sound familiar? This is my practice. And I said so. I'm the boss. I make the rules. It doesn't work. It's childish. And we expect that from an eight-year-old. We do not expect that from a leader of practice, especially a successful one. So there are a lot of successful dentists in this room right now. And I hope you get to talk to them, ask them why their practice is doing so well. And I think most of them are going to say the same thing. They're going to say it's because of their team. Having an amazing team is what's going to take your practice to the next level. This is my team. We did a startup seven years ago, and we've grown to a team of 25. And I promise you, our success is because of those girls. I'm part of it too, but it's me and them working together as a team. And I truly believe in my heart that we have the best dental team in the universe. I believe that. So there's something really cool that happened in this picture, but I'm going to come back to it in just a few minutes. So I hope at this point I've convinced you psychological safety at the practice is important. So how do we do it? What do we do? The first step is framing. This is communicating the vision. This is, we need to let our team know two things. That failure is okay and it's, ex- and it's expected because they're going to screw things up. I have great systems at my practice, and we screw things up all the time because we're human. I want my team to be more afraid of letting the patient down than they are about looking stupid in front of their team members. So we have two mantras at my practice. We have a lot, but these are two of them. We have a culture of coachability. This means that anyone on my team is free to coach anyone else on my team as long as it's for the good of the practice. And that person, that's being getting, the one that's getting coached, cannot get defensive. I know, easier said than done. This is my vision. We have grace over guilt. This means if you raise your hand and you contribute something, or if you say, you know what, I don't really understand that. You know, I, mean, I need more training. I don't really know how to do that. Or you say, hey, doc, you know what? I really screwed something up with Mrs. Jones today. We are going to offer you grace and forgiveness. We are not going to make you feel guilty because I want to know about these things And I want to encourage that behavior. Second part is participation. We need everybody to participate. So if you want your team to admit when they've done something wrong, or you want your team to feel comfortable saying, like, I don't know, well, then you have to start by doing that. Be vulnerable. Stop acting like you have all the answers. You know, we all have that one Facebook friend that has all the answers. The perfect family. How how well do we relate to that person? It's not real. And the other thing is ask questions. We need to invite in with our, we need to invite uh, discussion with our team. So if you take one thing from this weekend, and I guarantee this, I guarantee this will revolutionize your practice and it is so freaking easy to do. 
Take everybody that works for you one by one into your office, shut the door, and just have a real conversation with them. Ask them questions like, how are things going here? What are we not doing so well? What can we do better? How can I be a better boss, trainer, mentor? How can I make you like your job more? Do you even like your job? And you're going to get some real answers. And you're going to want to get defensive because that's the natural, that's the lizard brain. But that comes to the third part, responding productively. See, just like trust, psychological safety is not a switch that we can just flip on. We can't just show up at our practice money and go, boom. Hey, guess what, guys? It's safe here. Let's talk about feelings. It doesn't work like that. It's like trust. It's built one conversation at a time. And it takes one conversation to ruin it. So when somebody takes that interpersonal risk, you know, when they take that interpersonal, that they communicate something, we need to acknowledge that risk-taking. We need to thank them for it because that's what we want to encourage. Stop blaming people. It doesn't matter. You know, the case didn't go out. What case? Whose case was that? Who was the assistant on that? Who was it? Who cares? The case didn't go out. What can we come up with as a team so that doesn't happen again? Let's make a system for that. So I said there's something special about this picture. And it's those five girls sitting in the front. We did a startup seven years ago. And these were my original five. They still worked for me. Seven years. And we took a team picture every year around the year anniversary, and you will see the same people in the following year, in the following year, in the following year, because in seven years, our turnover has been zero. Not a single person has left. And I don't say this to brag, but I want to illustrate a point, that if you have psychological safety at your practice, you are going to find out about and address any issue long before anyone leaves. So I want you to take a look at your practice when you get back there Monday. Because when we have fear in our practice, when our employees are afraid, they will never go above and beyond for us. They will never take that baton and run with it because they're so damn scared about what's going to happen if they drop it. See, it's our job as the leaders of the practice to create this environment of psychological safety so their teams can collaborate, they can grow, they can work together. And that's what I've tried to do with my practice. And I assure you, every single person on my team in their heart, is 100% confidence to take that baton and carry it for the entire team. All the while knowing that when they drop it, not if, because they're going to drop it, but when they drop it, that we're going to talk about it, we're going to learn something from it, and we're going to forgive and continue to love that person. Because our practice is a safe place and not a quiet one. Thank you. Hope that helps somebody. (laughs) 